Welcome to another special edition of The Plunge. And we are bringing to you some breaking news from today. Uh, record, we're recording this on the Wednesday night, and we're just fresh off of a James Harden blockbuster trade. So um, just to start off this pod, I'm going to outline each each team and what players and picks they got. So the Brooklyn Nets, they got James Harden. The Houston Rockets, they got a bunch of things. They got Victor Oladipo, Dante Exum, Rodion's Kuroks, three first-rounders from Brooklyn, uh, one first-rounder from Milwaukee, which Brooklyn had, and four Brooklyn first-round swaps. And then the Indiana Pacers, uh, they traded for Karis LeVert and a second-rounder. And then the Cleveland Cavaliers, they get Jared Allen and Torrin Prince. So, uh, Nate, we're going to start off by just going through each team quickly and just uh, talk about our, our reactions and impressions for each team. And then actually also go um, reviewing each team from a sta- fantasy standpoint and point out which players have improved and which players have regressed from this trade. So uh, let's get started with just uh, looking at the Nets, the obvious. They get James Harden, the United Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, and DeAndre Jordan. They're all friends and they're all playing together now. So uh, what are your thoughts from like a basketball perspective on this trade for the Nets? Yeah, well, right now, without Kyrie there, I think you'll see this trade make a lot of sense for them in the next couple of weeks while he's out after partying this weekend. And James Harden will be a good fit with Kevin Durant in some sense while Kyrie's not there. But then once Kyrie comes back, I don't see how this trade made much sense for Brooklyn other than the fact that you're bringing on more superstars and superstars tend to mean championships in the NBA. But when you look at great trios over the years, like Chris Bosh took a step back, Kevin Love took a step back. When it was Clay, Steph, and KD, they were all so good together because they could play off the ball. I am looking forward to seeing if James Harden, A, knows what a spot-up corner three is, <laughs> and B, if he can play any defense at all on the opponent's best offensive players. Like Thinking yeah. about them playing the Warriors, who who's going to follow Steph off those 10,000 screens or any tough guards in this league? I don't see how you can defend them with this team, but maybe it doesn't matter if you score 135 a night. Yeah, I mean, if you ask an, an average NBA fan, when was the last time you saw James Harden take a spot-up corner three, a catch-and-shoot three in general? Like, you, you would like no one even, would even remember when the last time that happened. So, yeah, and, and a big question is, is their defense? Like, sure, Irving and Harden are great offensive superstars, but they really never proved how they could play defensively. And to your point about, you know, playing off ball, you have three guys who could ISO and you really don't have anyone who could really play off the ball. Like sure, KD could have can play off ball uh, because he's that good of a player. Um, Kyrie could kind of maybe, but I don't think he he'd want to do do it. And and the reason I say he's good at off ball is because his mid range is, is just so pure. And of course, James Harden, no way he plays off ball. So you know, if, if you're Steve Nash, like what what would you do to motivate this team to play defense? And how would your offensive scheme, you know, kind of play out when everyone knows that you're just going to go to Harden, Kyrie, or KD ISO at the end of the shot clock? Yeah, I mean, you can scheme all you want and other teams may be able to figure that out. But for years and years, every team has known what the Houston Rockets plan is. It's to give the ball to James Harden for... 20 seconds of the shot clock and then he draws a foul or gets a shot up but yeah I definitely have my questions about this the last time the Nets traded uh, a lot of draft capital for some stars in their 30s 
that was the Paul Pierce Kevin Garnett trade and I think we all know how that one oh, turned yeah. out I would be yeah, interested to take a deeper dive into how many of the the Brooklyn Nets first rounders they will actually have picked over the past 20 years because trading these picks and trading five before in that trade it it haunted them last time and they've been able to resurrect the franchise but it seems to be championship or bust with this group in the next couple of years now. And it's hard for me to call them the favorite, even with this trade. Yeah. And, and so heading into the Rockets standpoint now, um, you mentioned that they have a bunch of first rounders now, and, and this kind of looks like, OKC. they just got a bunch of draft picks back from, from Brooklyn. And so, and you got Victor Oladipo. So you basically swapped out Harden for Oladipo, which is sure it's, it's a downgrade, but it's probably an upgrade in terms of in terms of your team overall and your team chemistry. So, um, what are your thoughts on the Rockets and, and how they look? Yeah, now? they were the clear winner in this trade to me because you bring on Oladipo, who has really been the Oladipo of old to start this year on what is a crowded Indiana roster. So, I have been happy to see how he's performed so far. The Rockets get back a a guy who has great character, a guy who's going to be committed to this team and a team that has talent and all these first round picks will really benefit them in the future because you look at them they're the they're the 2022 2024 and 2026 picks from brooklyn and it'll be interesting to see you know this this trio that they've built they're older stars they're they're going to be playing together for a few years but you could be getting in that 2024 and 2026 picks some good picks depending on how this trio turns out so they are the clear winner to me by improving their roster for this season by detracting James Harden because of how he's played so far yeah and then adding some great assets for the future yeah and and um if you're the Rockets I think you would really set Christian Wood as your your franchise player for the next like 10 years and maybe try to build around him and and having John Wall and Oladipo as two veteran guys who can really right the ship with this team even PJ Tucker as well um they got a bright future um not only now but uh for the years to come with their first rounders so um going to the Pacers and Cavs uh the Pacers get Karis LeVert and the Cavs get Jared Allen and Torrin Prince so uh what are your quick thoughts on the Pacers because there's it's just it's just a minor swap from Oladipo and Levert. Yeah, I'll keep this short with the Pacers, but this lines up better with their timeline. I mean, or Brogdon is still a young player, uh, and Sabonis is really a young, improving player, and Levert fits into that small forward role that Oladipo is kind of leaving right now. I mean, they have a lot of depth, but Levert is a gamble in some sense, just in the fact that he's not quite an all-star yet, but he could turn into an all-star or an all-star plus just because he has that skill set and working with the timeline I think it was a smart deal to maybe trade the more seasoned player in Oladipo for a guy who lines up better with these this core and can continue to grow and continue to turn the Pacers into championship contenders so underrated move here yeah and so let's look at the Cavs if if you're Darius Garland and Colin Sexton you you're literally living the luxury of having six actual bigs who can legit play important minutes in an NBA game. So you get, or set five, Jared Allen, Kevin Love, Andre Drummond, Larry Nance, and JaVale McGee. <laughs> my, my question to you, Nate, 
Will you ever see a lineup of these five players on the floor at the same time this season, given COVID and all that? I think that's what everyone wants to see. You know, yeah. <laughs> Larry Nance has really been bringing up his assist numbers, so I figure the Cavs do this as they plan to put Nance at the point guard position now. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> um, I guess your, your point with this Cavs team, why you're taking on Allen is just because he does line up better with the career arcs of Garland and Sexton, and you're trying yeah. to build around that talent. So don't be surprised to see Drummond traded soon. Uh, I heard a couple rumblings about, oh, maybe Drummond's going to the Raptors where they really need a, a good mm. center. So that could be interesting and something to watch out for. Even Kevin Love as well. I think he's, he, he was in a bunch of trade rumors last year, and, and he would be a good fit for any team because he's just a veteran guy who could shoot the ball and can score in the post so um yeah so so moving on uh to fantasy um we're gonna break down improving players and regressing players from this trade so uh on our list nate we have victor oladipo deandre jordan and john wall as three players who could see an uptick in this season yeah we're a part of a points league so we'll dissect this from a points aspect but you can expect Oladipo to see consistency in his scoring numbers just because the the options for perimeter players on this Rockets team is more limited than what they had in Indiana. So you could look at him as a consistent like 22-6-4 guy again, kind of what he was at his peak with Indiana. So I'm excited to see how he meshes with a great playmaker in John Wall He's a good shooter. He can he can get to the bucket. It's not going to be overcrowded for him with like it was with the two bigs in Indiana. So you could definitely see him as a as maybe the top improver out of this trade. Yeah. So let's move on to uh, John Wall. If you have any thoughts on John Wall after this trade, what do you see him doing in the points leagues after? getting rid of James Harden and taking on those ball handling duties. Yeah, I, I think he's going to be super ball dominant now. And and that's what John Wall fantasy owners were hoping to get out of him this season. Um, I remember back before his injury, he was going crazy in Washington, even with Bradley Beal. And and he gets a ridiculous amount of points um, with the second superstar. Um, and he, he's proved that with Beal back in Washington. So um, he I think he will revert back to his old form um, with, with, the, with the Rockets now. Um, especially with Oladipo, who who isn't all like too ball dominant as well. Like he he he's kind of like that secondary, you know, point guard, shooting guard kind of guy. But um, I I think you see John Wall uh, getting a lot of rebounds too. He's just such an athletic guy, and and running the break. Um, his assist total is actually is pretty underrated as well. Um, especially when you got Christian Wood down low, Demarcus Cousins. Um, yeah, you'll see a lot of, of John Wall's stats just uh, seeing a, a huge uptick just because Harden just takes away, <laughs> like, fantasy points from every other player on, like, on whatever team he plays for. Um, so, DeAndre Jordan, uh, what are your thoughts on him, Nate? Yeah, DeAndre Jordan is really the only pickup from this trade because he wasn't owned in many leagues, and he will probably revert back to his double-double days. I as of recording this, it's the third quarter in that Brooklyn game, and he had nine points and seven boards at the time with a, a block or two, I believe. And he is going to have so many opportunities to play this season because the Brooklyn Nets are 
devoid of any other good centers. And so you should see him with decent block numbers and averaging maybe around 12 and 12 as he grabs yeah. those boards from all those brick chucking superstars. <laughs> uh, yeah, the only thing that has been holding him back this year is is that minutes battle with Jared Allen, but you should be able to rely on him as a solid double-double starting center moving forward for Fantasy Points League. Yeah, I, I think um, a, a big question to Jordan's production is really his minutes and whether Steve, Steve Nash wants to play more small ball or or keep Jordan in. And and on, on one hand, you need him for rim protection because your defense is just horrible. You really don't have an elite defender anymore, and, and Karis LeVert was probably your best perimeter defender before he left. So, like, you, you kind of need Jordan in the paint, right? But if if you're if you're a Nets team with a bunch of... with three guys who can ISO, you need a, a shooters around them, right? You you can't just have... You, you can't have DeAndre Jordan hucking up the three from the corner um, when, when people double Harden or Kyrie or KD, right? So, I, I think that this is very intriguing for Nash because he has to decide, like, okay, if we got three of our stars on on the floor at the same time, can I actually play DeAndre Jordan or will this clog up my offense even more? Um, so, and, and, and there have been suggestions that Jeff Green is going to start at the five, which, which really just, uh, brings us back to Houston last year where he did play a lot of the five. So, and, and it's a role that he's like pretty comfortable with since he played last year. So, uh, that'll be very interesting to see how that'll fold out. Um, I would be careful about, uh, how many minutes Jordan will get. But even then, he's actually a pretty efficient player anyway. Like, I think I'd imagine him getting a double-double within, like, less than 25 minutes of, of playing anyway. So I wouldn't even worry too much about him. Um, so moving on, uh, we're going to go to regressing players. So uh, we and on our list, we have Andre Drummond, James Harden, Kyrie Irving, and Jared Allen. So, Nate, uh, what are your thoughts on Andre Drummond? Yeah, to to go on and talk about Andre Drummond, he's been really good this season so far. I mean, he's turned back to that that traditional Andre Drummond on the Pistons. I get every rebound in the entire game yeah. <laughs> kind of player. Yeah. And with the with bringing in Allen, it's clear to me that the Cavs are trying to move in a youth direction after their their hot start to the season. They've kind of figured that okay, this probably isn't their year. And so they're going to try and get Allen those minutes, get him comfortable with Sexton, get him comfortable with Garland. And that's going to be a, a sharp decline for Drummond and his minutes and his points and his boards. And Andre Drummond, who was once a top 20 player before this trade, will probably be on the edge of a top 50 player after this trade. That would be my guess. Yeah, I mean... It's 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 such a hard decision because Drummond is is still kind of coming off his prime, so he's he's totally playable. But um, it, I I think it's a good thing for the Cavs to have a bunch of bigs because Drummond is so prone to getting into early foul trouble. But at the same time, I agree with you. Like you have to play Jared Allen more minutes, but I don't know uh, if he's gonna get um, the same production as he was getting in Brooklyn. And I, I, I kind of feel bad for Jed Allen as well, because he was just on such a hot stretch the past few games with the Nets. Like he was playing his, like his best basketball in his career. And then you get, um, sent to the Cavs, which is, is good and bad. We're good, good in a, in a sense where you play with guys like Garland and Sexton, who, who you develop chemistry with, but you, you have like four other bigs who are, are worthy of playing NBA minutes. So, 
um, you'll you'll see kind of like a a, a re- regression for Allen and Drummond. Uh, so moving on to James Harden and Kyrie Irving, Nate, um, two ISO ball players. H- how's their production gonna look? Yeah, I don't think you can expect Harden to be averaging close to a triple double anytime again soon, and you should see his scoring fall off as he just tries to fit seamlessly into this offense. And that means a ton less ISO possessions. This isn't his team anymore. This is KD's team. So I would expect that Harden goes from being that that 35, 10, and 6 guy that he was in the years past to being like a 25, 25 to 23 to 25, and maybe 6 assists a game and 6 boards, which for a top tier player is really not great he's he's going to be a shell of himself in terms of fantasy points but maybe that will that will help him to become a better player and become a championship player but if you're looking at this from a fantasy aspect you should expect a steep drop off from James Harden and his statistics all around the board yeah and yeah so Honorable mention here. Uh, I'm going to throw in Karis LeVert, Nate, uh, quickly on your thoughts on how, how he's going to play in Indiana in terms of a fantasy standpoint. Yeah, I think that Karis LeVert is going to be much of the same, but when TJ Warren comes back, you could expect his scoring to tick down. He really thrived as a fantasy player, as that second unit playmaker for the Brooklyn Nets, because they didn't really have a standard point guard on that second unit. Whereas you look at a team like Indiana and they do have that Aaron Holiday leading the second unit. So you should see his assist decline. He may have more offensive opportunity to start, but once TJ Warren returns, I would say that Karis LeVert is one of your regressing players from this. Yeah. Okay, to wrap up the pod, uh, one last question, Nate. How will the Nets do? Will they make the finals, like as we predicted in the beginning of the season, or where else would they? Where, where would they go this season, Nate? That's a difficult question to answer, but I'm going to go with yes. They still will make the finals because that is what I'm leaning on from before, and I don't know how much worse they got because you already lost Dinwiddie for the year when we were talking about finals predictions, so. I would go with yes is still my opinion on this just because the East doesn't really have a defined top dog outside of them. Yeah, and like we said before, like chemistry issues are is the huge question mark about this team. And now you add James Harden, which potentially could stir the pot even more if, if there was anything brewing in Brooklyn. And of, of course you could say there's something brewing in Brooklyn because Kyrie Irving's not even here. Um, he's in another universe right now, so... Um, yeah, that'll be very interesting to see the Nets. Um, I'm excited to watch these three guys play together. Um, I'm excited for any potential drama and beef that, that arises from this team. Um, I'm actually very interested to see what Steve Nash does with, um, playing these guys and how the offense and defense looks and how different that would be. Um, so yeah, uh, thanks for tuning in to this, uh, bonus one-off episode, uh, where we bring you breaking news from, from today. And so, yeah, uh, till next time, we'll see you then.